Welcome to episode 235 of the Sleeper in the Bus podcast. It is your Sunday edition, which means I am Paul Spore. Well, I'm always Paul Spore, but I am joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how are you doing this Sunday evening? Well, I'm dry. Uh, it is, I'm in New York City, and it's rained like, like uh, a Florida. Actually, it's rained like it's rained in your neck of the woods all week. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's uh, you know there's no fl- there was some local flooding uh, over here on a couple uh, on the Jersey side of things. I'm staring out my window at, at City Field, and I have if you hear some ambient noise in the back, it is the uh, hotel air conditioning. Uh, it's one of those box units that drive me nuts. But this is a it's a pretty sweet room. I got upgraded to a suite, and I have three televisions in this room. Oh, wow. uh, it's and I got here early because I went to the the Mets and Marlins game with Corey Schwartz today. And got to me. It was great. Uh, Bartolo Colon hit a double. Oh, dude, that was was the best. best. It was the best. I was watching that, and and the announcers were wondering why they were still pinching the corners when he had two strikes. And you know, of course, they're making the requisite jokes about like how he'll muscle up and. But but you know, they're being serious too. They're like, he's going to swing away, and then he laces a brilliant hit. That was it was ninety six. It was ninety six miles an hour off the bat, and. uh, he could have gone. To, he could have gone three. He, he said could have. he had no chance. He could have easily no, gone. The ball uh, rolled all the way to the wall. The announcers made the same point, but then they backed him up too. And it was Darling, so you know he's a pitcher, and I agree with this too. He could wear himself. That the residual for getting that extra base could yeah. have lasted two innings in terms of how it would wear him out. So I get it. But yeah, if he's pushing it and not really worried about tiring out, then he's at third easily, easily. Yep. But that's a great. You know, that's the first time I've been to a game there. I've been to and we had a. One year we had Tout Wars draft up there, and it was uh, in oh, March. So, yeah. and it was it was a really nice place for a game. The food court in center field is rather awesome. Uh, good beer selection. Got to meet uh, Mike Petriello was there. Got to meet him today. Very cool. And so, yeah, all all in all, good day until the rain started coming. Now I'm uh, trapped in this hotel room eating bad pizza because it was the only thing. If you could find bad pizza in New York City area metro <laughs> area, I found it. Oh man, this is not good white pizza. That's hilarious that you're like the the one place that you shouldn't be able to find any and, and, and you, you located some. Well, we got plenty to talk about today. We've got some injuries and then we're going to try something a little different here on Sunday. Uh, just go over some waiver wire potential guys. We do that kind of every Sunday, but I don't think we ever set a segment off and say we're going to talk about these guys who are likely to be available. Uh, so we're going to talk about a handful of guys there. Let's dive into the injuries first. Got some severe ones and then some that, that are kind of TBD in terms of their uh, destruction and uh, how long they might be. Let's start with one that's looking pretty bad. I didn't see it, but my friend had texted me saying that Adrian Beltre jammed his thumb pretty bad, and now we're hearing two to four weeks, I think, is the yes. the prognosis on that. So that comes at a really bad time. Not that it could come at a good time, but I guess if there would have been a good time, let's say last year, when literally everyone they had got hurt. Uh, this year, almost everyone they have has gotten hurt, but not Beltre. Uh, he was still the stalwart. In fact, he's leading baseball in at-bats with 203, um, although that's just because he's not walking much, I, I guess, because plate appearance he's not leading. But the fact is, Beltre was just kind of getting going as as the team was really ramped the up. Team's, yeah, the team's on fire lately. Yeah, they're killing it, and he's finally, you know, he's kind of joining the pack as opposed to them succeeding in spite of Beltre. So this is a big loss. Um, the one silver lining, I should say, not not good thing or anything like that, but the one silver lining on this has, from a fantasy aspect is that third base has just been remarkably deep. 
and the simple fact is it runs really deep and so replacing a third baseman this year shouldn't be uh it should be one of the easier things that you do um and beltray wasn't performing you know over the top uh in, in his performance this year to where you're taking a premium bat out he was about league average you know he had six homers that's pretty good for for beltre but uh nothing nothing excellent so replacing him shouldn't be as tough but how, how does this look for the rangers and and what do you think about the prognosis i know you're very good about honing in on on the timetables that they give and and adding somewhere where they look like they're going to need way more time so what do you think about this for beltre's thumb all right, so he, he's not a member of the Rays, so I, I believe the two to four weeks timeline. Okay. So he's not going to die or have his thumb amputated or you know be day-to-day forever. I'm looking at you, John Jason, and, and Desmond Jennings. I'm just looking at what are they going to do in his place. I mean, if you look down at AAA, if you look down at AAA, uh, Ed Lucas is the guy that's been playing a lot of third base for Round Rock. And, and, clean up. And, you know, he's, he's an older guy, but he's got some versatility. He's got major league experience. And you kind of have to think that's the way to go. As somebody who's on Twitter, hey, what about Joey Gallo? I don't I don't see him making the, the, the call up from double A. Because hey, the thing is with Beltry, it's the defense, too. That That's that's a loss for them. And he's not the elite defender he was a few years ago, but he's still pretty darn good. And um, I, I think maybe Lucas is the guy that gets the call, but you know I'm not I'm not rushing out to pick up Lucas. I'm not rushing out to pick up Rosales, even if I need the extra at bats. Maybe in, in like a 12-team AL format, if I was hurting, I I grab uh, Rosales. But that's kind of that's kind of where it sits. I mean they they DL they DFA'd Tommy Field, and that's up the middle. So maybe Odor uh, is going to come back here at some point. And but I, I don't can know, see that. What are they going to do? But Rosales has been playing most of the second base. Well, Odor's been fantastic, and and uh, in AAA, so he could be headed up sooner than later. Um, and then I guess they would put Rosales at third at that point. There's been talk with regards to filling the second base hole while Odor is gone. You know, people have thrown around the Delano de Shields, but he moved off of second base, I think. For a reason. But Yeah, because it wasn't going well. You know, usually you prefer him at shortstop over the outfield, although he plays center field, so that helps. But, um, yeah, he was he was off of second base for a reason. He did get three innings there recently, so they're looking for something. I could see Odor getting called back up very soon, maybe maybe as the corresponding move for, for Beltre to the DL, and then Rosales goes to third. I, I could definitely see that. And I'd be willing to jump back on the Odor train. I know it was really bad to start the season, but there was reason to really be excited about him uh, after what he did as a 20-year-old. And like mm-hmm. I said, responded nicely to getting – sent down and went and raked he's got a 1001 ops and it's not even with a gaudy batting average he's hitting 283 it's just that um a one-to-one strikeout to walk ratio seven apiece and then a 633 uh slugging because let's see here that would be 11 of his 17 hits have gone for extra bases including five homers for for rugnet odor so we could see him come back up that would be something that would definitely lessen the pain of losing Beltre. And then I think a couple of the guys on our list that we're going to talk about could be replacements for, for Beltre. One, a direct replacement because he qualifies at third. And then a couple others if you had Beltre at a corner or if you could move your corner into third. Let's see. Uh, next up is Abreu, Jose Abreu. This one isn't a DL stint yet, but it's also a finger. He's missed back-to-back games with it. 
um, again, just day to day right now. But obviously, anytime that something happens with your with your stud top five pick, uh, you get a little worried. So he's gonna. I think he's off tomorrow. Yeah, the, the White Sox are off tomorrow as well. So if we see him come back Tuesday, that's great. Problem is, either way, moves are due this week. So I think you just got to roll with him. Uh, the, you know, moves will be due tonight or tomorrow, and and so you won't know for certain. What do you think about Abreu with an quote unquote irritated finger? That that's what it's listed as, which I don't know. That doesn't really tell us anything. Right. The Tribune says they expect him to return on Tuesday. Is okay. what the the word is. I was just looking here um, at RotoWire. They said they expect him to return on Tuesday. So I, I'm not going to bench him. I, I guess the reason why I wouldn't bench him is like you know with Steven Sousa uh, Jr. when he hurt his wrist on was it Sunday last Sunday he left I the think game. So. Yeah, it was yeah. Sunday. And they said he may be back by Friday. So I was like, oh, screw that. I'm benching him. He sucks any, He sucks now anyhow. Plus, he did. He goes out and hit three, uh, he hits three home runs in the series against the Orioles this weekend. Hits the ball uh, as well as he's hit it all season over of the course. weekend. I'm like, great. On my bench. Uh, Thanks a lot. And you're like, yeah, that's 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 about exactly. Oh, hang on, right. But speaking of RotoWire, their top story now says um, Beltre's likely out longer than two weeks. They, they, this looks like it's overly optimistic because he won't even swing for 12 days. So that's going to push him down further. Uh, so four weeks. So yeah, lean closer to the four weeks there with Beltre, and then with Abreu, sit tight. Nothing you can really do. Um, even if he misses Tuesday and Wednesday. I'd still take five games of him over anything that you're going to find on the wire unless you're in like some six-team league or something. Uh, Chris Davis, Chris with a K, had a much more severe injury. I believe it was a torn meniscus. Uh, And so he's going to be out with this knee injury now uh, for quite a while. Yeah, I can relate to that. I was going to say this this is something that uh, you should be very accustomed to right now. And, again, this is Chris with a K Davis uh, for the Brewers. You know, things weren't really uh, – haven't been going well there at all this uh, this season. But now losing him, Chris Davis to a torn meniscus is, is really difficult because I still think that the Brewers are going to kind of find their level, at least offensively. And, and I just don't feel like they can be this bad as a unit. And I think they're starting to get there. And a lot of it was due to that outfield. Braun's been amazing. Gomez is getting going, and Chris Davis was getting going. So that's a big power source. He already had five homers. He's kind of doing exactly what you paid him for, yeah. and, now, and now you're going to be missing, uh, what, at least two months, I think? Let me see what it says. Oh, at least, I mean, it says, the, the, the update says several months of action. Yeah, I mean. Like, again, I'm, I, I'll, be four we, I'll be four weeks out of my surgery to uh, Monday as you're listening to this, and I haven't started running yet. I mean, and – Obviously, you're not a major leaguer because the Brewers haven't called you yet to replace him. Yet, but yet. but you know, I I think this is not not a season ender because obviously they would have said that. But for all intents and purposes, it's pretty close to that. Um, and you know, he as, even though he is doing what you paid him for, Chris Davis is still replaceable. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll have some names in the outfield there that you could look to. Some that might do a little bit different of the categories, but one that I think would actually be a, a perfect replacement. Well, so we'll talk about him. I'm teasing all these guys here. We got a few more injuries, then we'll get into them. This one really bummed me out. I was so excited to get him back because I invested in a couple of spots, and I will say that you were cool on him um, when we were talking about the injury guys. Uh, at closer, you were very cool on him, uh, Sean Doolittle. You said, "Nah, no thanks." He comes right back off, uh, comes off the disabled list, gets right back on, uh, headed back on. The MRI came back clean. It's on the sh- same shoulder, um, came back clean, but 
you know, headed right back on. This is a huge bummer. The problem is, too, the velocity was way down. Yeah. I know in his minor league rehab, Eno was saying that he, re- he got tweets of, of 90s, and then I, I don't think he was much over 90 in, in, the, in the major league work that he did get. Uh, Top to 91. Yeah, one outing, um, and, and he barely bumped it up over 90. So this was not good for Doolittle from the start. Unfortunately, I was hoping that he would just kind of play himself back up to his velocity um, if, 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 in fact, he wasn't still hurt. But it turns out he's still hurt. So for you know, Tyler Clippard owners, great news. Unfortunately, Clippard hasn't been himself this year. Um, the, the ERA is still great, but the, the whip is high, and the skills are, are blah. 1.4 strikeout-to-walk ratio for Clippard. But he is going to get the saves. I don't think they're going to go to anybody else. Um, so that part's good, but in terms of Doolittle, how are you looking at him now? Like I said, you were already cool. This can't this can't hearten you anything, uh, any at all. No, I mean, you said Eno was getting tweets that Doolittle's velocity was in the low 90s during uh, but, the rehab. No, was was barely getting to 90. Okay, then I don't understand why they put why they called him up. Yeah, he said he said he had 90. Was, was I mean, pitchers pitchers get pitchers get 30 days on their rehab assignments, unlike batters that get 21. Okay. Uh, so they well, yeah, there was really no now. rush. Yeah, there was really no rush there uh, for that. So I'm a little surprised that they called him up with those velocity readings. And then you know, if, if he was throwing 90 in Sacramento or wherever the hell they're playing AAA ball now, you know, he's going to throw 90 at the major league. So I, I'm still uh, not thrilled about this. The only, the only way I'm thrilled about it is in uh, in Tout Wars. I was trying to trade a closer to Mike Podhorzer. It was like, no, I've got Doolittle coming back. And now that he doesn't have Doolittle coming back, I'm going to ask him if he wants Gregerson again. You still, you still interested? You interested now? Yeah, I, I was, I was banking on on Doolittle as well. Had him in a couple spots. I actually went the double up on on the risk with um, with a Doolittle Jansen combo, and uh, was able to piece it together while they're out. But was really psyched about getting them both back. You know, Jansen's been amazing, and and yeah, Doolittle. I, I was taking the discounts. You know, and at least there was a bit pretty good discount. But um, unfortunately, it, it's not going to pan out nearly as soon as I uh, expected it to. Let's see. What's next? Sorry, I went away from the screen there. Oh, sticking with the same team. Scott Casimir is going to be skipping his next start with a shoulder injury. No DL yet, so that, that, part's, that part's good in terms of you know not freaking out. But uh, any time that Scott Casimir is feeling some, some, some tweaks or any sort of injury, it is worrisome because of his injury history. It's worrisome any time you're talking about a you know top top level sort of pitcher he's been pretty great this year but uh with scott kazmier specifically it's very worrisome this was a guy who we for all intents and purposes put him out of baseball you know there there was no reason to think that he was going to make it back as poorly as he was pitching and now he's come back to be a, a pretty big asset uh goes down with the shoulder what are you thinking here with kazmier you know, uh, Corey and I were having this conversation today uh, about Jesse Chavez, his teammate. You know, these small pitchers that don't hold up well over the course of a season. Uh, you know, you worry about them wearing down. And you know, Chavez had the really good start today, and I was telling him, you know, if he has a good start, start trying like to trade him. Absolutely. Start trying to trade him, and I think uh, the same kind of thing uh, with Casimir. It's I'm always going to be worried about a guy uh, that's small in stature, and anytime the shoulder is in play, I'm going to be worried. Yeah, the shoulder makes it doubly uh, worrisome because uh, yeah, small stature is another thing, though. And, and you know, it doesn't mean that you're automatically prone, but when you are smaller, 
it's it's just worse. It's just it's going to be a higher risk. You know, Jordano Ventura, and that that was the knock coming up. And Marcus Stroman. Now his injury didn't necessarily come from him being slight uh, with Stroman. That that was an ACL and a fluke injury sort of situation. But it's another. Re- it's a reason that people do worry about Stroman, um, even when he is when when his knee is fixed. Right. So, By the so, way, if I may say this, um, Matt Shoemaker looks really good tonight so far. Hey, I'm I'm seeing the same thing, and obviously he was great in his last time out. You know, the, it, it's really all about the command. I know that sounds easy to say, uh, but obviously commanding pitches is very difficult. I think. Well, he's burying he's burying that splitter, and that's what's got him in trouble. You go back and look at the home runs that he's given exactly. up in May. It's on the splitter. It's not on his batting. It's not on his not batting practice, but his mediocre fastball. That's not where he's getting killed. He's getting killed on home runs and his secondary pitches, and a lot of it's elevated splitters. And what I've seen tonight through three, yes, he's g- he gave up uh, uh, like a four-hopper up the middle on an infield single to J.D. Martinez, and then Collins hit a double, and then it was like a sack fly scored uh, scored Martinez. But I, I like what I've seen of, of Shoemaker so far. I tuned into this start specifically to watch him and how he's locating that splitter, and so far he's keeping it down on his own. And I know he's someone that you're saying that you're willing to buy in on because, first off, the Pot, the price really can't be lower. Folks, folks are ready to jump off. There was skepticism around him coming in, so the fact that Shoemaker then got off to um, a pretty terrible start with a 5.44 ERA uh, definitely has people ready to go. Uh, but his his com- component numbers are exactly the same as they were last year. Strikeout rate is up a tick, and the walk rate's up a tick. So you know those kind of offset, and he's right there at like a five strikeout to walk ratio. It's just all home runs, and that's the thin margin for error that these guys have. Mike Fires is another type um, that you know they don't have the overpowering fastball, so they really need that command. And like you said, it's not the fastball with him, but the fact is they aren't afraid of his fastball, so they can sit splitter. And if he makes a mistake with it, see you later. So it's been mm-hmm. it's been very encouraging for Shoemaker now uh, over his this the beginning of this start and then i think a seven inning yeah seven shutout innings against san diego and i know you know san diego's still not world beaters but they're much better than they were last year and he, and also shoemaker wasn't beating anybody so the fact i don't really care who he's doing it against right now but at least it is against a, a high quality team like the tigers Right, the multiple home, he gave up multiple home runs in each of his first four starts in, in May, and, so, and that's what was really hurting him. Uh, and again, if the splitter, the the piece I wrote in Order Wire is said all he's got to do is start burying that splitter. I thought maybe it was something mechanical because he was just leaving them up, and when you leave up splitters, that means you're not finishing off that pitch. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he just he can't be up there. You just sorry, shoemaker. No shoemakers allowed at the at the top of the zone. You just you don't have the you don't have the stuff for it. Uh, let's get back to these injuries here. You got a couple more. Uh, James Paxton to the, on the disabled list is another one with a finger here. So um, Paxton's been kind of up and down this year. You know, kind of still showing flashes of the excitement that people had for him, but you know now a strained tendon in his middle finger um, and out for now. Two weeks, though they're not even going to really be re-examined until that two weeks, though. So um, I think you're looking probably at at least a month with Paxton. What do you every think? time? Every time I hear the finger thing with a pitcher, all I can ever think about is Adam Miller. 
if you remember the Indians oh, yeah. prospect who got derailed. I mean, they had to do right. try to special surgeries with him, trying to figure that out. I, I'm trying to think of another pitcher uh, recently that has had issues with the, the finger tendon, and I, I honestly can't think of one. I think more importantly here is, you know, we it looks like it's going to be Mike Montgomery that's going to come up and take his place oh. because Montgomery was scratched from his start in AAA today. And they just okay. said somebody else is pitching. So it, that would mean Montgomery could pitch Tuesday. Uh, and I don't. I didn't look at the Mariners' schedule. That would potentially, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if they don't have a day off, that would potentially make him a two-start pitcher right out of the gate. Okay. Well, let, hang on. Let me pull up his numbers. But first I want to let you know that Adam Miller is still pitching. And guess who he's back with? Cleveland. Wow. He's, uh, yeah, he's striking out a guy per inning, but with a 531 ERA at age 29. So he's trying, he's trying to get it going. Let me pull up Mike Montgomery and see what he's been up to. Folks, you might remember that name. He was a one-time Uber prospect. I mean, top 20, I see here, top 30s, top 20s, you know, um, really, really high up there in that, in that top 25 usually, uh, but has you know, taking a while to get going. You know, he's only 25. I would have thought he was a little bit older. But at 25, the left-hander in Tacoma has a 3.74 ERA, a 117 WHIP, eight strikeouts per nine, and 3.1 strikeout-to-walk ratio. So not bad overall for, for Montgomery. I don't know if you ever got to talk with folks uh, in the race system about what they thought about him. But he was, you know, passable. Not much. You know, it was it was kind of like passable Triple A stuff last year. It really wasn't special. There's some decentness in these numbers, but I I can't get excited about him anymore. I feel no, like nobody be- really thought. Yeah, nobody really thought much of him. They thought he was going to be a reliever, maybe yeah, like a swingman type of guy, and that was kind of where it was going to be with him. Uh, you know, the, the the stuff just really didn't play up that well. Uh, well. And maybe Seattle made a change to him. Um, and but we'll see on Tuesday night. I was going to say we'll see what happens with with Mike Montgomery. Keep an eye on that. He's not going to make the waiver wire list here in terms of guys that we're looking to bid on because I just I got to see something first. Uh, Tim Beckham in your neck of the woods went on the DL with a hamstring, and the main reason I bring this up isn't so much. Um, about Beckham, but more about Nick Franklin, who appears to be the prime beneficiary of this injury. He's up. Uh, 29 plate appearances has looked just about as awful as he's looked uh, through his, you know, first 500 uh, for Nick Franklin. He's got a nice minus 16 OPS plus. Is that good? I don't know. Is that good? God, he looks terrible, man. I don't know. Honestly, I think the beneficiary is going to be Jake Elmore. I, I I, Jake say, Elmore's maybe... at-bats have been better. Uh, Nick Franklin looks terrible at the plate right now. He's just, I don't even want to say he's quote unquote in between. He just looks lost, uh, is not making contact, is over swinging. I, I think Jake Elmore has Elmore's had. Well, and some of the hits have honestly been like broken bat things. Okay. It's not like he's been making a ton of hard contact, some of the stuff he has. But I th- honestly, I think Elmore gets is the beneficiary here because he can also play first base. And with Loney out, it's yep. basically been Forsyth and Elmore playing first base because that's all they have. There's nothing in the – there's nobody in AAA they could call up to play first base. So it's those two guys. And then now with Beckham out, Franklin got the time today and didn't look good. Uh, and as Drupal could Brera's not look good, but he kind of has to play because, again, yeah. there's nobody else. Hawk Julie is still hurt down the AAA. They haven't made the decision on who they're going to pull up to replace Beckham on the disabled this year. It may be a reliever. Oh, my God. Are they seriously clocking the time between David Price's pitches right now? Are they? Jesus. That's funny. 
Uh, I mean, uh, last year it was ridiculous, but yeah, the, the case of game is nine minutes. Uh, they've faster. shaved nine nine yeah. minutes off the game, so they're not going to find anyone. This is ridiculous. No. All right. Um, but yeah, with Elmore, that 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 could be an interesting A only guy, only because he plays kind of everywhere: second, left, first, third so far this season. Um, not a lot of games yet, to, so if you have strict qualifications, it might take a while. But he is hitting a little bit. Um, I, obviously, I don't think Jake Elmore is an 817 OPS level guy, but uh, you're, you're probably just hoping for some some more middle infield at bats if you are looking to to roster him. You know, he's hit he was he's hitting the minor some, but he is old too. So I'm not looking for anything major out of Jake Elmore, but I've really I'm, I'm finished on the Nick Franklin train. I think I just I, I don't know what, uh, yes, what's keeping I, me I'm on done. here. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Yeah. I think we're done finally. We, we were driving that one pretty hard. Um, well, oh. I mean, the, the stuff's there, but he, he's starting to look hes starting to look like Reed Bradenyak 2.0. Yeah, I, I'll get back on if something's good. I'll, I'll rejoin the bandwagon, but I'm no longer driving it. I've turned over the keys to his father. Um, okay, Scott Feldman's going to hit the DL with a knee injury. He's going to be out a while. Um, you know, not uh, overwhelmingly fantasy relevant uh, on his own there, but – what could happen from it is, is particularly interesting. Obviously, this gives Lance McCullers Jr. an even wider opening to stick around as well. Um, and so I guess you could talk about Feldman if you really want, but I was more interested in what you thought about uh, McCullers Jr. after three starts. Um, better than I thought he would be. Uh, you know, I've watched I watched uh, one and a half of his starts, uh, and yeah, the, the arm is definitely there. The command of the stuff isn't quite there. But he's he has uh, he's been more serviceable than I thought he would be. And then what about uh, Brett Oberholzer, who will actually go in as the replacement? Any any uh, any interest there? I mean, he's done, he's had some spells of, of of quality before, but can never really seem to keep it going. Usually because he allows too much contact. Yeah, as someone who is in desperate need of starting pitching in AL Tout Wars, I would bid on him in a twelve-team AL if I could. Ooh. But he is on someone's roster. Oh, then, then I, I wonder how many of these guys that we're going to talk about will be on there. Oh, we have some fake DL news. Tuffy Ghost Wish is on the fake DL with a fake knee. Um, something. I don't know. <laughs> Just It's not a real player. Tuffy it's Go- not a real injury. Tuffy Ghost Wish. That's not, a, that's not a name, dude. I've never that's even heard of the ACL. I mean, whatever. No. Well, well, yeah, what's an this ACL? garbage. He got hurt with an ACL. So uh, apparently he's going to go. Apparently there's a DL for fake injuries as well. He'll be on that. Um, but Jared Saltalamaki is up. I was so going to say fixed. it's Salty who comes up. I think folks are still kind of hoping, from a fantasy perspective, that that Pete O'Brien will get the call. But I think they might well, actually. Let's talk about let's talk about real catchers. And and on that Pete O'Brien note, Pete O'Brien has switched to the outfield. I was going to say he made the declaration on Saturday. He's a full time outfielder. Okay. So and that's where he should be. But on real well, catcher news, uh, Deano Navarro is coming off the disabled list tomorrow. Oh, okay. So, so maybe um, if you lost a fake catcher, you could pick up a you, real catcher lost, who's been yeah, out a while. Who, who I would prefer to. You know, I know DeAndre Navarro has, is not a stud, but I definitely uh, – that's a perfectly adequate replacement for fake Tuffy Ghost Wish. And if you had Tuffy Ghost Wish in your fake league, you were probably fake losing. All right, let's talk about some waiver wire guys, Jason. we got we got a handful of guys here. We'll run through them, talk about what they've been doing, um, you know – Deeper leagues, the, some of these guys might be deep leagues, but some of them obviously are going to be owned in deeper leagues. So we're, we're kind of looking at, uh, you know, uh, we're looking at a range here. I won't even pigeonhole it. I think some of these guys are going to be available in all leagues because they're, they're rookies. Let's start with one who could be, Eduardo Rodriguez. He should be available in a lot of leagues, um, especially mixed leagues. 
even deep ones, I don't think he's out there. So Eduardo Rodriguez was a is a lefty for the Boston Red Sox. Had an excellent debut. They scooped him up from Baltimore last year in the Andrew Miller deal. So that's that's a great trade for Boston there to give up a high quality reliever. I, I, you know, that's what Baltimore needed to get as far as they did. Obviously, they didn't get as far as they wanted, but they're not getting as far as they do without Miller. So that's a great trade on both ends there. But obviously. Boston's going to get the longer dividends because Eduardo looks like he's taken a step forward with Boston. With Baltimore, he was like a mid-rotation upside, probably going to be in that more four area uh, as a guy who's okay, but certainly not awesome. Well, then he took like a jump um, in his in his final six starts with Boston. He was excellent, and then come out this year in AAA, eight starts with Boston. Pawtucket, obviously, and and still killing it, looking like that same guy who's a lot more crisp. His stuff's playing up, uh, and then of course goes out and has an excellent major league debut. Eduardo Rodriguez three hit the uh, Rangers for seven and two thirds, no runs, seven strikeouts, two walks. He's looking real deal right out of the gate. We know it won't be this good all the time. There will be bumps no matter what with the youngster. But what do you think of this uh, this lefty for Boston, Eduardo Rodriguez? He may win the Cy Young that Joe Kelly's not going to win. Hey, uh, that's true. If we are to if we are to believe everything that uh, all of my Red Sox friends in Facebook were posting and tweeting on on Twitter, uh, he may win that Cy Young. In all seriousness, when I when I joke about being desperate for starting pitching in AL Tout Wars, I have a very aggressive bid in on Rodriguez yeah, uh, for tonight. I, I would think so because I. And they're going to a six-man rotation for a little bit right now is what they said they're going to do is go to a six-man rotation and try to figure out who's going to get kicked out of the rotation. Maybe it's Stephen Wright. Yeah. But they are uh, – you know, we'll see what happens. But he's uh, done enough to stick around, especially in, in, in comparison. That's the thing. Yeah. His 390 is looking brilliant in comparison. And, and the thing of it is, as bad as their starting five are – well, obviously Masterson's out on the deal. But the other four, is, as bad as they are, it's still hard to kick one of them out. Because they're all still too good to to really be relievers, I, I think personally. I mean, obviously, Buckholz going nowhere. He's he's chiseling his ERA down. He's a staple. Porcello for the money, not a chance. So you're dealing with Miley and Kelly, and maybe Kelly um, it could be like a stud bullpen guy. But I don't know. I th- I understand why they would want to keep both in the rotation. So I get it. And don't you don't have to give up your bid. You know, don't don't worry about doing doing that but let's talk about like a mixed league situation here um let's go with 12 teams what kind of what kind of number are you putting down here let's assume the need is there and you're not you're not doing a luxury item um of just getting a guy who could be good although i do think this is somebody who everyone should be looking at because he could be he could be the big impact uh um you know i'm kind of when i'm looking at him I don't know if I'm in a mixed league. I don't know if I'm ready to bid double digits on him just yet. Okay. But, you know, nine, ten bucks. So, um, yeah, and and again, I, I guess if you have an extreme need, you could go a little bit higher. But I don't know that you have to go 20s or anything like that. I'd be surprised if he was somebody who was, was generating that kind of money. Now, let's talk AL only, a 10-teamer. He's going to be out there, and your need is there. Now, are you are – you, more than doubling that, or you're just doubling that that nine to ten bucks. I'm doubling that. Okay, I m- I might even more than double it, to be honest, and and you know, go twenty twenty four or something, just to just to kind of ensure, because I just feel like an AL only uh, could just be such a bigger impact because AL pitching sucks, and so that's why I, I feel like I would do more 
um, than just double it personally. So I like I like Eduardo Rodriguez here. I'm not trying to get too drunk off that first start. Well, you know, because like I said, there's going to be bumps in there no matter what. Even if he turns out to be a high-impact guy, we're still going to see hiccups for a rookie. I mean, we see hiccups for studs. Of course, we're going to see them for a rookie. But I am I am pretty psyched on him. I feel like he has jumped up from where we initially thought of him with Baltimore to now with Boston. All right, let's move on to the next guy here. Mike Bolsinger for the Dodgers has been really impressing. And I'm wondering if maybe we lump him in with that with that Mike Fiers, uh Matt Shoemaker class where um, not that they're all three the same just because they throw slow but they are slow relative but that they rely so much on command to be so good Uh, and they really they have no choice their stuff cannot overcome mistakes but when they're on wow they're really good I mean Bullsinger last year got a 550 ERA but had some skills that were kind of alluring you know 8.3 strikeouts a 2-8 strikeout to walk ratio but too many home runs too many hits just too hittable this year uh, you know the strikeouts have actually come down but so have the walks so he's got a 2-8 strikeout to walk ratio same as last year and um, nobody's hitting off of him, and and the homers are nowhere. You know he's really cured the home run problem, or not at least cured it to this point. But where are you on Mike Bolsinger after 31 innings? Dodgers have a need, obviously. I think you know if you're if you're thinking for the rest of the year, he'd pretty much have to keep pitching like this. I think they'll they'll try to replace him by the deadline. But I think he can at least get a full month and a half out of uh, Bolsinger if he continues to pitch well enough. What do you think? I'm I'm still in shock on how well the guy's pitching. It's I mean, been the, unbelievable. And here, but when you look at it, though, again, I think last year, you know, the the hit rate was super high, and that I think that was part uh, parts pitching in Arizona, yep, part pitching with bad defense behind them, and part uh, pitching with modest stuff. And this year, you know, things are better behind him because the strikeout rate is almost identical. The walk rate's almost identical. The 362 hit rates, come, uh, batting average on balls in play has come down to 250. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a, you know, what came up had to go down. So that's what you look at. And the big thing is he's not killing himself because you know, he was giving up so many hits. Dudes were on base, and then he was doubling down the pain with a 519 slug. Yeah, this year exactly. it's half. It's two sixty two. I mean, it's, it's just leaving that. Uh, this is a, this is one of these guys where it's a great fit for the ballpark. Kind of like when we were talking about AJ Burnett and how like when you went way back for the Pirates, you knew it was going to be good for him. Definitely. Getting Bolsinger out of Arizona and to a more forgiving park has really been good for him. Absolutely. And you know the thing about his home run rate last year is it was, it was a lot of mistakes because he isn't a fly ball guy. Fifty two percent ground ball rate, fifty five percent this year. So you know you're talking about a one fifty. 15 ERA and a .96 whip. There's no way we're, we're expecting that. Um, you know, I think you could add two runs to his ERA though, and and that's still pretty viable at a 315. I, I would take that. Um, do you think he can be that good, or do you, are you are you saying more of like a 360 for Mike Bolsinger? More the latter. Okay, I, I think so too. Um, I mean. Like I said, I'll, I, that's the thing. I, I can allow two extra runs to be added to the ERA, and I'd love that. 315 would be fantastic. But I just, I'm just i still a little bit skeptical on it uh, because it, it, it is an overwhelming stuff. It just it, He doesn't even throw a fastball. It's cutter only. It's 87 miles an hour. Um but and then the and then a, and then the curveball that that really gets him out of trouble when it when he has to. It's a good curveball for sure. So I, I'm intrigued though because the team is good. 
and and so I can probably even get some cheap wins out of it. He's already three and one in five games. Uh, I I will factor that in when I'm making pickups. If I'm, if I happen to need wins, you know, a guy like this will be highlighted over, uh, you know, maybe a better pitcher on a crummy team as long as that better pitcher isn't leaps and bounds better. And so far, who the hell's really been better than Bolsinger? Yes. Even though we're saying it's going to cool out. All right. Uh, so what kind of bid are you going to put on him in a mixed league? 10 team. Or, I mean, 12 team. 12 team mixed league, uh, about the same where I'd be with Rodriguez, because okay. I think we've kind of missed out on his best baseball. Yeah, that's that's the toughest part is that is that we have. And yet those same numbers are going to be what draws people and push the bid up. So if you really want him, you probably can't just bid based on what you expect the rest of the way. You are going to have to pay a tax for these five starts. All right, next guy up is Chichi Gonzalez. Um, he is for the Texas Rangers. He might be listed in your system as Alex Gonzalez. That's, uh, that, that should be changed. It is officially Chichi. Uh, that is what he goes by. That's what Baseball Reference has. That's what CBS has. So, uh, you know, he wants to be that. Obviously, with 8,000 Alexes, I don't blame him, too. There have been several Alex Gonzalez's in baseball. So even from that standpoint, I don't blame him. But maybe that's just been his lifelong nickname, and, and he likes he likes that. So Chichi Gonzalez is a uh, right-hander from two years ago, the draft. Uh, let me see. Couple. It was he has he wasn't too long ago uh, drafted by them. It was the yeah 2013 draft out of Oral Roberts, 23rd pick overall, and he was this guy one of these Baseball guys. Baseball powerhouse, Oral Roberts. Oral University. Roberts, exactly. Everyone thought he could be a fast mover uh, because he's kind of one of these polished pitchers. Let me see what else. Who do you think is the best guy that's come out of Oral Roberts? There is one stud. Oh wow, there's a there's a one one pick from from Oral Roberts. Do you that know was uh yeah it was the 80s. catcher. No, pitcher, 80s. Pitcher, 80. Belcher? Nope, Mike Moore. Oh, okay. And then Keith Lockhart, you might remember as a utility guy from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, Belcher, same team because uh, the, the Mariners drafted both guys. Oh, wow. Wow. The Twins drafted a Belcher, Belcher used to be signed. Dope, right? Tim Belcher yeah, was dope point. for a while? Yeah, yes. okay, I thought so. I, I, I vaguely remember him. I remember the part of his career where he was kind of a uh, you know, scrub fantasy pitcher. Um, I remember him as an AL-only guy that my parents would be talking about picking up before I was able to join that league. Yeah, Tim Belcher, his sweet uh, 440 ERA, 589 yeah. for the Tigers when he went 7 about Oh, God. The thing about uh, Gonzalez. No. Chichi. Yeah, Chichi Gonzalez. I always say Rodriguez. Me too. Um, I, I even Chichi looked Gonzalez. him up as Chichi Rodriguez twice today. I mean, what I remember, I didn't see the start today because I was uh, at the Mets game that I came home and finished watching the Rays game. But from what I remember uh, of watching him in the spring, he can't throw anything straight. Everything he throws moves. So while he doesn't, I, I, you know, I don't remember the velocity being, wow, I know, I think he walked five today is what that, I saw. That's th- yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, he, okay, started, yesterday. he started yesterday. But yeah, okay. it, it was one of those situations, and I only, I only saw uh, the highlights, really. But it was one of those situations that you're talking about where it wasn't so much crazy wildness, like, wow, the guy has no idea where it's going. But it was, wow, so much movement that there are going to be walks, especially at the major league level. In the minors, those are those are swings and misses a lot of times. Right. Um, but in the majors, they're spitting on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have him. Um, he's somebody that I, I drafted in my AL home league. Uh, I have him. And I don't I don't recall if he is available in uh, um, Tout Wars, but I'm going to check. And I could put him on as my my reserve bid for Rodriguez. <laughs> so what would you bid on, on Chichi Gonzalez? 
Um, at five bucks maybe. And then an AL only. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, AL okay. in a mixed league maybe a buck. Yeah, I I think in a mixed league it's going to be hard for me high impact no matter what because he was seen as one of those guys who could come quickly because but not not so much as a high impact guy more of like somebody who's polished but kind of already is what he is and so we saw him go through the minors in in uh, just a couple of years put up a 317 and 224 innings with seven strikeouts three walks so a two three strikeout to walk ratio a 130 whip so it's it's not going to be special I don't think you need to go out and go crazy with any cheat. Uh, Gonzalez and yes I almost said Rodriguez again any Chichi Gonzalez bids and he's up to stay right uh, I believe so yeah I don't where where's he gonna go I just you know um, if they're looking to move you know move him back down and he would have to get crushed I think I think right. they've got the spot they've been waiting to bring him up you know uh, he's ready you know what's what else is he gonna really do that he shouldn't be learning at the major league level anyway so yeah i think right. it's going to be somebody that you're going to have for the rest of the year it, it just might not be that special it can be helpful in an nail only but chichi gonzalez i don't think he's going to revolutionize your mixed league club all right let's talk about ryan vogel song uh you know he had a big month and the thing of it is is he was so bad in in april that it pretty much got obscured um and you might not be paying attention to it because you know he's still at a 424 era so if you are scanning through your waiver wire and you're looking at full season numbers it's not going to jump out i mean because vogel song had a 931 in april that's going to take a couple months to work <laughs> off because he had a he had a 114 in may and that was still only enough to get him down to 424 a 114 for 32 innings <laughs> And this is still where he is. That's how bad he was in the first month. So, um, you know, he's obviously getting some attention. He's he's not the April guy, but he's not the May guy. The real question on Vogel's song always these days is can he even be 2012 guy? You know, the the, the second year after that first big breakout where he's all-star and we knew he was going to kind of regress. And then he did. Um, and he kind of pit, you know, he's been he's shown flashes of that over the last three years. But never been that guy again. What do you think of Vogel's song? Is he is he getting any attention from you? So where does this come? I mean, I don't when a I guy don't that, I don't you know, know. When a, he doesn't have great stuff. But I'm looking at his comparing his April and May. He's kind of getting some sort of groove. I mean, it, the it, swing it's, and miss. The swing and miss is almost dealt. I mean, he had a five percent swinging strike rate, which is just bad. And then he was at the eight percent in May, and then his chase rate went up five percentage points and you know his overall swing and miss rate went up four points but it, for me i want to see you know what's the what, what is he throwing to make the you know is if it was the same recipe of, of pitches and he's getting those kind of results maybe it was matchups did he play the cubs or astros during this run let me see um let me see the matchups he played Padres, Miami, and then went to Cincy, Colorado, and Milwaukee, three tough places, and yeah. came out giving up three runs in 17 and two-thirds and those three venues. All right, and, the pitch type says he's been throwing a lot of cutters this month versus okay. last month, and he's given up on the changeup. It's kind of become a, a fourth pitch for him. Okay. So fastball, curveball, cutter is where he's going, so perhaps what? the cutter – what if some it of it's also, you know, because some of these are so hard. You, you, you're looking for a reason, and, and we want to have a reason behind it. I don't know. You know, I just sometimes I always wonder. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking when we, when we look and we research, we can't find the answer. Sometimes I'm wondering, what if he was just like 
pissed off in April? What 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 if maybe, something maybe, what if something just the, happened? The home, run, the, the home run to fly ball ratio was nuts. I mean, look at the amount of home runs that he gave oh, up. Oh yeah, eight one, bombs. two, three, four, five. Yeah, eight bombs. He's given up one this month. So you know that had to get better, and maybe that's where where the cutters coming into play. But I'm I'm just looking at the uh, the picks that the. the pitch mix and that's kind of where i would have to see it because his hit rate was uh you know his batting average of balls in play was 328 now it's 217 so there's a difference but a lot of weaker contact you look at the hard hit uh numbers for him he was just getting raked in april and that's not happening in may and that to me screams a lot of good use of his cutter and and vocal song got out of a lot of uh jams any jam that he got into he seemed to get out of it in the in may too because he had a 91 left on base rate so you know things were things were going really well uh for him there and in that he was wiggling out of jams instead of compounding them last month uh april and and giving up uh giving up bomb after bomb so what kind of bid would you put on him we've seen him do it before for, for for periods um it won't stay this good but he's on a good team which is surprising because we all kind of thought san francisco would crawl back into their hole for a hibernation year only to come back next year but they've actually turned it up and they've been great so you know win opportunities are going to be more plentiful than uh for for guys on on poor teams are you bidding on vogel song no i'm not uh the strikeout the strikeout rate's still below my threshold yeah i'm not even interested um is that even an nl only for you uh, NL 12, I'll take a single digit. I'll take a, like a three to five dollar bid. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I, that, I, I'm just, I, I, I can't get too excited about it. I'm just, I'm really not. So yeah, maybe last resort. If you really just need a pitcher, you need a warm body and, uh, you're, you're that decimated, then, then fine, put a bid in. But otherwise I wouldn't go out of my way to try to get Ryan Vogel song. What about Mike Wright, Jason? We've seen some uh, some good things out of this guy in three starts. Some really impressive velocity that I wasn't sure that or that I didn't know that he had. So it seems like he's kind of developed it recently. Um, this guy for Baltimore, yeah, I think we talked about him before he came up. I think I think it was the episode that you and I did, and yeah, you know, I'm kind of a maybe a, a back endish sort of guy, that mid rotation at his best. But then this velocity comes up, and I'm like, well, you know, that that changes my tune a little bit because I didn't. I didn't think that this was in there, but if he's throwing mid-90s regularly with that fastball, um, I become a bit more impressed, and all of a sudden I think mid-rotation is a lot uh, more in play and a lot quicker. Uh, We've seen, like I said, kind of mixed results, really great outings against um, the Angels in Miami, both terrible teams, mind you, and then a little bit of a shakeup against the White Sox. Not too bad, you know, three runs, six hits, and five innings, two strikeouts, a couple of homers, but uh, what what have you seen from Mike Wright so far, and how do you feel about him going forward? Yeah, the velocity and when I when I saw the game, I saw him pitch a few innings and he, and he looks good. The stuff has been better than uh, what I when you look at the minor league numbers, you're like eh. Uh, but the stuff has looked serviceable. I mean, this is somebody that should be able to stick in the rotation for him. You know, Bud Norris should stay hurt if he if he if he says he's healthy. Baltimore should go find a bat and hit him in the shoulder with it and say, "No, you're still hurt. <laughs> stay hurt." Uh, as some as somebody tweeted, I think uh, one of our followers tweeted as today. Uh, he said part of his tweet, readers and scope get healthy and Bud Norris stays hurt. The Orioles have the AL East locked up. 
<laughs> that's pretty funny and unfortunate. You, you never want to you never want a guy to stay hurt, but I get the point. Um, unfortunately, you know, Chris Tillman might be the one they would want to trade out with Bud Norris right now, the way Tillman's been. But uh, we like we like Wright then. Um, or I certainly do. You know, I think he he's not as available anymore. I think his big bid week was was probably last week, but he's probably still available in mixed leagues. That was probably for AL onlys that uh, he started to be snapped up after the first couple of starts. So. Would are you interested in Bud Bud Norris in Mike Wright as a mixed league option in in let's say fifteen because I, I twelve probably not but what about fifteen teamer fifteen I'll kick the tires and then how what kind of a bid are you going to lay single, down on like that? single like three again three to five bucks because okay, so, again Baltimore should be getting better and uh, pitch as you said you know it's been tough I, I want to get some Baltimore should be getting better the team can hit now that said if, if you're a Jimmy Paredes owner you're not trying to sell him hurry the hell up that that is falling apart quickly well he he's a bit um impatient I think is the kind way to say it oh yeah his first pitch swing rate's almost 60 percent he's chasing a ton of pitches it's oh crazy God. what they're doing I didn't know it was that crazy. All right, let's talk Kyle Hendricks because this guy um, has really added some intrigue to his profile this season, I think. Uh, started off a little bit rocky, at least results-wise, but has really kind of turned it on um, pretty much since that first start. And his first start was in Colorado, so you basically give him a break there. He's been ripped once uh, other than the Colorado start. It was it was by Pittsburgh, the, the surging Pirates. But basically since the Colorado start, which was his first start of the season, he's got a 317 ERA, 38 strikeouts, a 3.8 strikeout-to-walk ratio in 48 innings. And he's shown some strikeout upside that we really didn't see last year. And I wasn't sure if it was in his game because um, his stuff always suggested that maybe he was going to be one of those guys who, you know, average at best at strikeouts, maybe below average a couple ticks, and then going to have to rely on weak contact. But if he's kind of living in this seven range, uh, seven per nine range, and, and flashing the upside for more, um, then Kyle Hendricks becomes a lot more intriguing. What have you, what have you seen from him uh, so far this year in, in nine starts? You know, I haven't seen one of his games, to be honest with you. I'm just I'm taking a peek at the numbers right now. And yeah, the strikeout rate, as you said, has had a bump up. And everything else is pretty much in line with where it was last year. The home run, the fly ball, you know, getting back to that with the Vogel song, that's really one of the areas where uh, it has hurt uh, Hendricks. And that's going to happen when you pitch it, where he pitches. Uh, but, you know, overall, we you try to look for what, you know, what's happening, what's different for him. The funny thing is the strikeout rate is up, even though his swinging strike rate is down from last year. And he, batters are making more contact with him this year than they were last year. They're chasing fewer pitches, but he's getting more strikeouts this year. Excellent. I mean, well, you know, it's it's going well so far. Um, I, I would I would really... I wish I could believe in the strikeout rate. I'm still it, 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 it's it's not consistent. It's seven That's why year. I can't believe in everything. I mean, when you look at a guy that all this stuff is down from last year, but it's up. Uh, obviously, he can't pitch against his own teammates who strike out a ton. Exactly. I, I would I would like to see what the matchup situation is with him. Astros because, aren't in the division anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing. I mean, the Cubs and the Astros are your two teams that strike out a ton, and so I, I wonder, you know, matchup wise, because. Pitch-wise, I mean, he, he's another guy. When you look at the, the pitch measures for him, 
slider and cutter sometimes those are tough to differentiate yeah. for classification purposes. So he's essentially throwing the exact same pitches as he did last year. More you know, a higher percentage of fastballs. I'll give him that. His fastball percentage is higher than it was last year, and he is throwing some stuff to the outer part of, of the plate. But I'm not a believer in the strikeout rate. Again, having a, a, I have not seen him pitch, but looking at the numbers and seeing a lot of things that would that would lead me to believe that it's not it's not going to hold up. I, I'm not ready to recommend him. So yeah, and uh, you know I like the ground ball rate for Hendricks, 51%. Uh, like I said, the strikeout uptick. It's not backed. Like you said though, 6.2% st- swinging strike rate. That's down. So that. There's reasons to be nervous. Like I said, I want to buy into it, but the consistency isn't there. Six, uh, excuse me, eight, two, six, one, three, seven, seven, four. So it's just all over the map with Hendricks right now in the strikeouts. I'm monitoring it. Obviously, if he, if you know, he's probably getting picked up already because it's been pretty good, especially if people are digging into the game logs and seeing that you know outside of the the the, the two smashings that he's been pretty good he's i might miss the boat but i'm willing to risk that and it sounds like you are too yes so you don't want to bid on him even in nl only league i don't okay well then kyle hendricks sorry buddy all right let's shift over to hitters he's i get more excited uh, first off it's hard to find hitting on the wire. So whenever there seems like guys who could be pretty good, I get a little bit more geeked about them in terms of spending the money. Um, because if you can find a potentially impact bat on the wire, it's just so much harder than, than an arm. Uh, so let's talk about some guys. And I think some of these could be that impact bat that we're talking about. Let's start with young Jung Ho Gong uh, for the Pirates. And this was somebody who came over from Korea, Korean baseball organization, the first hitter to come over. He had those amazing seasons, including last year, you know, billion home runs, 40 home runs, 117 ribbies, 356 average, and 1198 uh, OPS, everything, you know, just over the top, excellent for him. How would he translate? Well, so far, Gong's been awesome. Three homers, four stolen bases, 302 average, 828 OPS, and he's really evolved into a to an everyday player at this point because um, he's either playing short, which he, he probably should be full-time because Mercer's terrible, but they do like Mercer's defense, and so that still gets him some starts. But even when that happens, Gong then goes to third base. So he's been he's he'll shift over to third, and then Harrison will go out to the outfield or something like that. So he's been playing pretty much every day, missing a game here and there during May, and it really was a big May that's put Gong on the map now. Three thirteen average, eight eighty three OPS, and three of those uh, three of those five homers I mentioned. Excuse me, uh, only three homers is what he has, and four stolen bases. So he's been great. He is a full-time player. He qualifies at short and third. I mentioned the third base because of Beltre, although he's probably going to help you more at third base. How are you feeling about Gong, and uh, are you ready to place a substantial bid on him? Didn't we, in, um, in labor, didn't we draft him, or did we, were we trying to go get we, him we and won- somebody jumped ahead of him? Yeah, no, we were trying. We he was he was one of the targets there, and that's why we ended up with so many third basemen because once he was taken, I think it was a situation where Ploof, it was just like, well, we really don't need a third baseman, but Ploof is pretty much easily the best guy here, and obviously it's worked out in terms of Ploof being fine, but we would have uh, we would have preferred somebody with a little bit more flexibility because we have nine thousand third basemen, nine thousand and fifteen, yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, 
Kong is hitting the crap out of the ball. Every time I see him, when I watch a Pirates game, he's making hard contact, even if it's outs. If yeah. we, this is this is not, if we think back to, you know, I think I even mentioned this in the offseason, all the other Japanese imports that we've had, or anybody that Asian comes import. from Asian, yeah, Asian he's, imports, he's none Korean. of them have it. None of them, I mean, Iwamura was the only guy who even well, hit something. Matsui, right? Matsui. Well, I'm talking about infielders. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. I'm, okay, I'm the yeah, guy. Yeah. I'm the guy that drafted Iwamura and Tau. I'm the guy that and had Nishioka. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, I do not want to get burned. But I remember watching one at bat in the uh, in the uh, spring training when he was playing the Rays and he smoked. I'm like, okay, this is different. This guy smokes it. And then when I'm seeing him, when I'm seeing him hit now, he's making the hard contact, man. Yeah, Gong smashes, and and uh, for those of you that, if you're not familiar with him, uh, K A N G, it looks like Kang, but it's Gong uh, when you're looking him up in your in your listing there. And he he should be he's getting snapped up. He's 52% owned in CBS. They cater to a more of a deeper league, so I'm not surprised that he's over 50, but that's still light. And then 32% over at ESPN. I didn't look up Yahoo, but it's probably pretty close to ESPN because they t- they generally have more 10 and 12 team mixers. So guys are more readily available. That number is going to start to shoot up. In fact, it already has 17% added in the last seven days at ESPN alone. So look, we've seen power and speed from him. He's currently pacing out to, uh, you know, over a full season to be 15 homers and, and 20 stolen bases pretty much. Um, with his playing time, he's pacing closer to uh, like a 12 and, and, and 13 sort of season. But really impressive stuff. Like I said, I think he's going to continue to get more and more playing time. Basically, is already an everyday guy. I'm putting a substantial bid on him here, especially because of the two positions that he fills. I, like I said, I know third base is deep this year, but if I have Beltre, I need one. And then shortstop has been awful. Um, I'd be willing to put, you know, something in the 20s for Kang to be honest. Yeah, going. absolutely. I'd be, I'd be super aggressive. I, with what I've seen, super aggressive. Yeah, if he's still out there right now, what do you t- let's talk about a 12-team mixer. Because, uh, like I read you those those numbers of uh, in terms of ownership rates, and the reason that this week he's probably going to get a lot more attention is because he had hits in every game except one. Well, they're playing right now too. They got they had a Sunday night game in San Diego. I'm, I'm not exactly sure why, but um, he's having a pretty See, big. That's week. really weird. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know I don't know what it is uh, that they were able to pull that off. But uh, in Gong's last seven games, uh, a homer, two stolen bases, 8.28 OPS. So you know. Going to be up near the top of of your, of your list there if you're sorting by last period or whatever you're doing. So this is going to be the week to really go in there if he's still available because I think the ownership rates are going to skyrocket. So I'd go, I'd start. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even start worrying about it until 25 bucks. I, I think you got to go 25. Be aggressive. Go get this guy. Um, and that's that's the low end. If I, if yes. I if you read your league, if you got, if you know your league goes hard for for hitters more than anything or or for pirates because you're in the the pennsylvania area whatever the case is obviously he probably was drafted in in any pittsburgh based leagues but read your league and you know how high you got to go but i don't think i'm touching anything lower than 25 on kang uh gong i I, i'm gonna go 33 uh pretty much is kind of kind of kind of be my number do you ever do this do you ever go away from the zero and five ending numbers in thinking that too many people will do that and so you go sixes and ones or, or am time. i overthinking okay because i do that all, all the, the time. time i always do off kill i never and i know five is not a round number but it's something that people that they're always doing fives and zeros uh that, that i'm seeing so i'm always i'm always 
jumbling it up there. But uh, so 33 bucks on on Gong for me at least, and then not available in NL, so we don't even really have to talk about that. Trades official. What what do we got? I got Colin McHugh for Luke Gregerson and eight dollars of Fab. I like that. Is that yes. from is that from uh, Mike? Jeff. That's from Jeff Erickson. Oh, see, Podhorser, sleep at the wheel, dog. Remember that was the counter when I, he he initially offered um, Volquez, and yes. I was thinking he's dead last in saves. Uh, I'm first. He probably that's where his comfort level is. Let me push it up a little bit. Fab is Fab. I tend to I tend to I'm not very good at Fab. I will say that up front. I have uh, I, I I tend to be too conservative with it, and this year I'm trying to be more. Uh, more aggressive with it and i am currently i'm still have 87 dollars of fab which puts me you know i'm the third on the depth chart uh with or fourth with 87 so if i give up eight bucks it still puts me it still puts me ahead of where jeff is because i'm not i'm not giving up my spot in the depth chart so he'll go to 78 dollars and i'll go to 79 so i still have one more dollar that's why i said that's why i said eight Nice. So I did, I wasn't giving up my, my spot there, but as, as you know, and I, I'm bringing this up because I want to transition to the next piece, the next piece. I needed to do this because I'm leading the league in saves, uh, but I have four starters, one of which is that piece of monkey crap, Shane Green. <laughs> oh my! And God, I, I bring him up. I'm transitioning into him because Glenn Colton asked us to talk about him, and uh, the five <sighs> home run performance last night. It's five so. Five unbelievably frustrating because if you've been watching this guy regularly and obviously we have and I know not everyone has not everyone who listens first off they don't they don't they're not interested in puking very often so they don't watch him but when you do you see so many sustained flashes of high quality work like really good stuff five innings you know um, three innings here Four innings there, five innings there, two innings here. You know, just really high quality. Wow, that guy's good. And then it all goes to hell so fast. And yesterday, I obviously never got going. And it was just a five-home run nightmare. And the, the the fact is, the guy, right now, I can't seem to really command anything regularly. It's, it's, it's in fits and starts. And when he's hitting the glove, it's working. And, but then he'll just lose it. And I don't know. Maybe I should ask Doug regarding the mechanics because I'm not seeing anything. But it has to be. like there. Ha- I, I just so don't Eno understand. Said, Eno said that when he talked to Green, Green said his slider has uh, kind of abandoned him. Well, it's right? three miles slower. And All right. Well, it's also extremely freaking hittable because when I'm looking at that, when I'm looking at the numbers uh, last year to this year, his swing and miss rate on the uh, on the slider is about halved. Well, and, uh, and that all makes sense. And why do you keep throwing it if it's gone? If it's gone to crap, stop throwing it. Well, uh, but it it's, like it's, it's but here's the thing: people are chasing it more often, from thirty to thirty-four percent. But the miss percentage is forty. It was forty-six last year. It's twenty-three now. I mean, that's half. It's just and and that's what is really frustrating when I've watched him pitch. It's like, where was the stuff that was there last year? The stuff that yeah. we fell in love with that I, was looking yeah. so good. And the pitch, yeah, it's slider. just not – the slider is – it used to be a wiffle ball. Now it's a meatball. Not, yeah, that's a good one actually. I like that. Yeah, he puts these Frisbee sliders clear across the plate, 
and they just get absolutely drilled. Uh, they were highlighting a couple in the Oakland start, which is when Nino got a chance to talk to him uh, when the Tigers were in Oakland. And, and Shane Green would just put some of these up there, uh, the, the doubles that he gave up. They would do the, like uh, the, the, I think it was Memorial Day, so I think it was on ESPN, and they're doing like the, the slow, super slow-mo, and they're just garbage pitches that are just floating up there. And you're sitting on your couch thinking you can hit it, and that, when that's the case, you know you know a guy's in trouble. When uh, when clowns like myself are sitting there thinking, well, I could even hit that, and I can't see anything. So um, you know, ten <laughs> ten team mix, you're obviously free to I'm, already. I'm chuckling. Cut. I'm chuckling because uh, the email that Jeff said, like he confirmed, like yes, I'll do the trade, and then I just got one from Podhorzer who said he is now open to trading for Gregerson. Like, oh. Sorry. Oh, I mean, so he's sorry. got he's got bats that I need, but that's it. You know, it happens. I can't. You already came to the I, court. I put the offer out. Oh man, you want to talk about being pissed? Corey told me that uh, he and and folks listening, this this for me, I would quit a league. And Corey can't. There's some other circumstances going on, but they made an agreement to deal with uh, a deal on Monday after the trade deadline, pending nobody got hurt this week. Oh, and well, who nobody, was in, who was in the Josh office? Donaldson? Josh Donaldson was in a deal because Corey's already rebuilding. It's year one in this league for him. It oh, was a, he took over. He took over a team. It was and crap. now that he's going off, that guy doesn't want because I heard this on the podcast. Correct. Correct. And so now he's totally backing off. Now the guy is like it, it's gone crickets on the other end of the line. I would be so livid. This is why you can Corey never do so that. Pissed. By the way, this is why you can. There is never a circumstance to do that. I've heard this bullshit in leagues before. This is why you put it and you say put it on the site and we'll click accept and it goes through on Monday. Exactly. You can't do this. Like if someone says, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'll wait," I immediately and no, then we're not doing it. Okay, then that means no is what you're saying because you want to see, you want a reason to not do it. That's all they're doing. If you push it off like that, you're just looking for a reason to not do it, and that's fine. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. But don't give me this BS about oh well, we can do it. We can do it in in four days if everything goes well. What? I don't need your trial period. The the deal's a yes or a no. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about this on Corey's podcast, and I was living, and I forgot who was involved. And obviously Donaldson's been crazy, so this guy's being a punk now. That's such a punk move. What a punk. Uh, I was punk. like, wow. So that, that's, that's anyhow, terrible. but with Green, you know, so, if it comes down to the slider, it comes down to the slider. But every the other numbers are holding. It's just it's a singular pitch, and the, the if it's slower, but he needs then it's it. going to be easier. He needs it, and, and this is. I mean, it's, it's five bucks in tout wars. I can't get rid of them because I am in no position to get rid of starting pitching. That's the thing. I, mean, I just got I just got McHugh, and and that works. That gives me a fifth starter. I've got bids in on, on Rodriguez, and uh, I've got bid on, on Gonzalez. I'm just trying to grab anybody I can. You're explaining my tout wars right now because I know you said that's your tout wars. It's mine too. I got him in a in the mixed league draft. And, um, you know, mixed league is easier to cut, obviously, but I don't have the, the pitching backup. I got stupid Pomerantz in the DL. I need to finally get rid of uh, a couple other slugs that I, I've been I've been holding on to too long. Um, I had an issue with the, with the system. Sometimes I mess up on on roto. So a couple of the reserve guys that I have I should have cut ages ago. I've, I've struggled to do that. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to make sure you separate your stuff out sometimes on that. I mean, here's the context of the deal that I made. So people, some people like to hear context. So I'm first place in saves with 30, and I've got Andrew Miller. I have 
or I had Gregerson, and then I have Brett Cecil, who's on milk cartons, who has, a, who has as one of our Twitter followers told us today, has not had a save opportunity since May second. That's it's insane. Stupid, but but third place in saves has twenty. So if I lose nine saves, I'm still in third place. Oh yeah, I am. I am eleventh in wins at twenty, but. If I want to get to fourth place, that's Rick and Glenn. They have 26. So there's this whole thing of wins all packed together, and I can't catch up because three of my 20 wins are Brad Brock. I mean, my wins are coming from my my middle relievers. Salazar stunk today. You know, uh, my my starters are green, uh, Buckholtz, Salazar, and I I forgot my fourth guy. So, uh, and uh, Hutchison. So those are the four guys. So I can't get wins. So I'm like, okay, you know, let me go get McHugh and let me hope I get one of these other guys in Fab and turn this around. So I'll give up some saves and I'm going to go chase wins. But that's where you have to, uh, you know, even this is we're one third of the way through the season and we've got two months in our our belt now. And this is kind of what you have to do is start looking at things saying, okay, I've seen some guys mess up on leagues where they're where they're holding. They're like, oh, I I need to hold this. I don't think I can hold this, man. If I lose ten saves, I lose two points. Whoop de do. You know, and now yeah. now if the Yankees flip it and say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give the we're going to give the job to Batasas to put Miller back in the other role, then I'm kind of then I'm really screwed. But I'm I've got to take that chance because I can't keep rolling five relievers out there trying to vulture wins. It's just not exactly. working. I mean, Cobb's obviously not coming back. I reclaimed that money, and I got Derek Collins, the other guy I'm waiting on. No, yeah, I, I think it is worthy of hearing the, uh, the context around things because obviously context matters most when you're talking about trades and moves and things like that. So you be mindful of that. You know, do a real hard study of your of your standings before you are making moves because I see people make moves that they that they win in a vacuum and then I'm like, well, your league isn't in a vacuum though, and you actually lost that deal very badly. So don't just go off of preseason uh, bids and and and. Uh, costs and things like that i think that will lead you astray in trade season quicker than anything else all right let's talk about a couple more guys here on these uh on these waivers and then we'll get out of here you mentioned how starved you are for pitching and so i didn't put him on the list but i got i got to talk about the eraser because he's tantalizing and 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 doing his best to tease once again is he bringing you back over to the dark side with uh, erasmo ramirez uh, now part of your he's always going to bring, he's always going to bring me to the dark side. Okay. I, I, always I he's so. going to bring me, but I mean the, he did look good. And, and with him early on in the great. season, early on in the season, he was uh, you know his, his arm slot was too low, and he was talking about he couldn't throw his fastball for strikes because he you know he's, he was almost kind of side arming it, uh, and he wasn't able to keep it in the zone. Now he's got that issue fixed, and for him it's it's got to be get ahead with strike one and then start using the changeup. But what I've liked. What I liked in the Baltimore start, more breaking balls. And that was something that, that was happening. He was using the breaking ball more. Uh, I saw him use it on some first pitches. And, and that's that's big for that. That was a nice thing for him uh, because it was clearly setting those guys off because this is not the first time they faced him. They have seen him quite a bit. Uh, they, you know, they've had some exposure to him. And it was uh, they were uncomfortable. There were some, some swings you're like, well, that didn't look good. I mean, there were some good guys in that lineup, and he uh, took advantage of it. What uh, what, what kind of bid would you put on the Rasmus Ramirez? Uh, would you even go for him in a mixed? Uh, no. 
Okay, 15, what about possibly AL? I tried trading for him. Podhorser has him on his bench, and I asked for him uh, in a deal to try to get some pitching uh, off him because he was just riding the bench. This was before the yesterday start. Mm-hmm. So now the yesterday start, forget it. I mean, Absolutely. I was going to try to get. I was going to try to get. Uh, Ramirez is part of a deal with Gregerson. Uh, try to get a bat because Potholzer was just about leading every offensive category. <laughs> so I figured try to get a bat and, and Ramirez for Gregerson out of it, but it didn't work out. And uh, oh well. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get back on the hitters then, and let's talk about Preston Tucker, who's another guy I'm pretty intrigued by. Dude's just a pure hitter, it seems. You know, it wasn't a huge prospect because uh, he couldn't really defend and. You know, you know, it wasn't a prominent defender and was a good hitter, but maybe not elite, I guess. I, I, I can't really figure out. And, and part of it was the fact that he's in a very deep system. So it was going to be hard for him to stand out no matter what. He was never a bad prospect, but he wasn't a huge, everyone knows him, top 100 guy, partly because he was buried, but also he's just a seventh-round college guy who hit a bunch, but you know, what can he do? Well, now we're seeing what he can do. And so far he's been raking, uh, Preston Tucker's hitting 328 with a 952, um, OPS so far, a couple of homers, both super clutch. I want to say both eighth inning homers that, that yes, both, that at, the both game. against your Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Uh, I knew, Oh, both were, yeah, I guess both. Yes, were. Yes, they were. They were, yeah, they were four game series, first and fourth game. I knew one was the, the backbreaker, but then, uh, they didn't win the game. Of, of the first one, thankfully. The second one was 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 the, the real killer. So, But Preston Tucker's really impressed. The power is very impressive. 552 slug uh, is mixed in there. And obviously, you know, when you're talking about a 952 OPS, that means he's got a 400 OBP, math majors. You're killing it out there. Triple slash looks amazing. The numbers have always looked good coming up, but he's been, you know, not young, uh, not, not necessarily always old, but not young coming up uh, through every level. So, it wasn't getting as much attention. What do you think here? Um, like I said, I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed so far, and I know there's been some bids already placed out. But now that he's he had another huge week here, a lot of multi-hit games, it's this is going to be the week to get him again, like like with Gong before uh, before he's gone. So you're going to have to you pony know, we up. We talked about it. We talked about him the, the, when he came up. Yes, I remember talking about him, and I remember seeing I saw one at bat, and he looked overmatched. That and I believe I said that said I'm going to throw a bid on him because I need offense. I went I for did, him right away. I did and I won him and thank God I won him because he's been saving my butt. <laughs> I was able to get Chris Young and his three for forty ass out of my lineup <laughs> and and using uh, using Tucker and it's helped. So I've had Tucker and Tout and that's really helped me uh, offensively. And I mean the home run, the power is legit. I mean the first one was an oppo shot yes. um, out in the left field pen, which is not easy to do in Detroit. And the second one. Uh, I don't, it was Adabal Sanchez. They left him in for one more batter, and he missed. Okay. I want to say it was Adabal, yes. and he missed low it in, and yes. Tucker went down and just served it, got and it. it crushed it. it so, and it and they're giving him, bad. they're giving him, they're giving him the playing time, and I think you have to. to I don't, I, you know, fifteen team mixed. I'm single digit bid, but if for some reason he's still available in your AL league, you got to be aggressive here, man. Oh yeah, he, he looks good at the plate. I can't imagine he's still available in one of those. But if he is, yeah, you got to go super, super aggressive. I might go a little bit higher, even in a 15-team mix. I think I, I know. He's, here's the thing: he's still very much out there, 11% only at uh, at ESPN leagues right now. So this isn't a guy who is uh, who is super owned. Let me check him on CBS because, like I said, that gauges a little bit of the deeper league scenario. And they've got him at 23%. So you know he's widely available. The playing time is not guaranteed 
which is a little bit of a, a part, maybe part of your apprehension there. Obviously, Springer's going to play when he's healthy, no matter what. Gaddis is the DH. So you're looking at Rasmus and Mariznick. Mariznick's really fallen off uh, from his hot start, which means Rasmus can play center, and that's when that's when Tucker gets in. Although Rasmus and Tucker are both lefties, and I'll tell you, if you are going to get uh, Tucker this week, you're going to be very disappointed because they play like five lefties in a row. <laughs> So uh, that that part is disappointing. Actually, I think a couple of them uh, already occurred in this in this series with the White Sox because obviously they faced Danks today, who was awesome. And yeah, where did that come from? I I don't know. I don't know. And what do they got coming up? Okay, hang on. One. Okay, yeah. By the way, scattered sixteen base runners in a shutout. I know it's crazy. That's crazy for Dan. Get real. Uh, there's only one coming up. That, that he missed. It was this weekend. Sorry, it was this week that you would have been disappointed because there were three lefties in that uh, in that Chicago series, and now you just got one next week with Wei Yin Chen. So if you do get him, you'll get the you'll get your shiny new toy right in the lineup. I'm gonna go at least double digits with crew, uh, with Tucker. I think he's he's legitimate. I think he's a high quality hitter. I think he's gonna be up. The playing time might be a little sporadic because um, I don't think he would be, just be a full timer. I think Rasmus Marisnik and of course. Springer, they're going to play. So that part, that piece is a little bit down. But if he keeps raking, he'll force his way in uh, because at some point I think Mar- Mariznick will play himself uh, to where he could be benched easily. Uh, Rasmus has been great this year, so they uh, or not great, but he's shown his power. So they're going to keep him in. I'd go at least 15 on Tucker, even in a 15 team mix. And of course, like I said, AL, if he is still out there, drop a ton, um, double that. You can go 30 easily. All right, uh, next guy up complete opposite end of the spectrum in terms of what he does it's billy burns for oakland he's a speed merchant uh with with coco crisp out that definitely helps what do you think of of billy burns who homered off a rascal ramirez last week by the way i can't even deal with the fact that he has two homers this guy well i forgot he did one off the yankee i was a sabbat i forgot who he hit who he homered off of it was one of the yankees that he got a hold of yeah he got a rasmo and then more recently on the 28th he got I think you're right about CC. Yes, CC. For there you a, go. For a second one, and that one was at home. And that's so, lefty yeah, on lefty. I know, and he's got he's, he's got two homers, which is hilarious. Not a part of his game, so please do not extrapolate. I'm sorry, that's that. righty on lefty. He does he does switch it as most speedsters should. Um, he's gonna play. I mean, this was yes. this was the guy that every with Burns. He may not hit two more home runs the rest of the season, but he gets on base. He, he can spoil pitches. I, I, I saw him play in the entire series against the Rays. He's not a, a, a cheap at bat. He will spoil pitches off, and when he's on base, he will run. I mean, he's already 7 for 9 in stolen bases. The power's not going to be there, but you don't care. You want him on base to score runs, and I know Oakland's got some issues with scoring runs, but their offense is about near full strength. I mean, they just got Zobers back, and Billy Burns is going to hit leadoff. And I would, I would be in a 12-team in a league. I want him in a 15-team league. I definitely want him. Yeah, I mean, again, if you need speed, go get Burns. Again, just do not extrapolate those homer numbers thinking that you're getting some power-speed uh, combo. You can probably get some some decent average, um, probably some decent runs because he is near the top of the order, and then you're paying for that big-time speed. 15-team mixed or 12-team mixed, what, what kind of bid would you put out for Billy Burns right now? 10. Yeah, I, I would hope that, that – again, you're going to have to – Tailor it to your league, folks, because uh, you know if you need speed, and you and you know your biggest spender in the league also needs speed or something like that, then you really got to ramp it up. I'm gonna go a little bit higher. It seems like uh, your your conservatism is showing uh, with with that because I, yeah. I, th- I think he needs a, a little bit more because uh, he's you know we're looking like 
if he keeps it at this pace, he can get 30 more steals the rest of the way. So I'd be higher up at the 15 area, um, like I said, with, with Tucker. Again, they're two different types. You're getting power and speed. But, hey, if, you need, if your offense needs a charge altogether, get both of them. Spend. Spend your money. So I'm going to be more aggressive than Jason here on Burns uh, if I need that speed big time. What about Justin Bohr for the uh, for the Marlins? This is a guy I've, I've been liking this year. I think I mentioned bomb him a couple today. times. He had a big bomb today. Somebody yeah. asked us on Twitter. Uh, one of our followers was like uh, – uh, one of them. He had two questions. Does Justin Bohr have to start playing uh, versus lefties before you consider him in a 10-team mixed league? Yes. I don't consider anybody a, well, anybody who is not a full-time player in a 10-team mixed. I could consider a, a strong side only guy if it wasn't at first base. The fact is the position True. is just too deep. And then the second deepest position is third base, and so that even rules out corner. I just I, I don't think you can find room for him at that point. So, I yes, I agree there. But you start moving down and getting getting deeper in leagues, all of a sudden he becomes more interesting, again, either as a utility or a corner because I just doubt that you the power's need first legit. Base. Yeah, the power is legit. He hit a bomb to center today. He hit a bomb to the opposite field. He almost hit the home run statue going the other direction in the game I saw him um, earlier this week. Power's legit for I him. I really so, like him. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I like, I like him a lot. I like what I've seen from him, and, and I like it. I, I like Bohr a lot. I definitely think that uh, that you need to uh, pay, you know, and there's another guy that, that you got you got to pay up a little bit for. Probably not, like you said, ten team mixed. I get it uh, because he is he is a short, uh, long side platoon guy. But I think he is going to start forcing his way. I don't think he's a complete deficient against lefties. So if if they start letting Bohr play full time and they don't have to platoon him out against lefties. Then, uh, then he really becomes an all-format sort of play. But for right now, I'm still bidding pretty, pretty heavily on him. I'm, I'm going to be up there in the double digits in a mixed league, and then in the NL only league, I'm easily in the low 20s for him because I think this can be an impact bat um, on a team that can use a jolt for sure. So they're giving him more and more playing time as it is. What I mean, but the thing is, why not play him every day? What's the What's the rush? Because oh my God, the Angels are so terrible. Miami. Uh, what just let him play? I mean, that's the other question. The Twitter follower, he was like, you know, Stanton's contact rate is down, chasing. I mean, here's my thing. He's throwing, he's chasing pitches away. Nobody wants to pitch to him, and he's trying. Instead of taking the walks, he is. Uh, he's frustrated. He's not. He's yeah. He's not trying to take the walks. God, yeah. This is a routine five uh, six three play, and my and Angels just threw the ball away, and Tigers okay. tied it up. Good. No, perfect. I'm a little bit behind. I'm on e- I watch ESPN, so I'm a little bit behind. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm bidding pretty high. Uh, Bore too. I got to kind of, you know maybe not exactly in that Tucker Burns range again because he is first base, third base, uh, or not, not third base, but he's first base or corner, and so you just shouldn't have to pay as much. It's going to just be an easier spot to repair anyway. But there is legit uh, legitimacy here with Justin Bore. All right, two more quick ones. Mike uh, Mitch Moreland for Texas. They were talking about that Texas team has just been on fire lately and. Moreland's definitely contributing to it. He's been excellent. Uh, obviously, with him and Prince, you got that uh, that first base DH kind of locked up. And Prince has been saying, listen, Moreland's better at first base, so let him play first base. I'll DH, and it's obviously not affecting him. Since coming off the DL, which uh, which Moreland did on, on May 13th, he has 297 average, 891 OPS, and four bombs, which uh, obviously paces out to a crazy level. But you know, he's not going to be a 40 home run hitter. But I think he could hit another uh, – I think he could realistically hit another 20 the rest of the way. 
If, if, if he continues, he has to stay healthy, obviously. Missed a lot of time to injury last year. Obviously, he was injured this year. But I think, you know, at the high end, Moreland could hit another 20. I have always liked Moreland. I like the swing. I mean, he does. He's another guy. He's a strong side platoon type. Uh, and the ballpark's, again, more neutral. I, I think 20 is too aggressive. For, were you saying you're spin 20 or he could hit 20? I was saying at, at the high end he could hit 20 the rest of the way. I think I, I think that's I think that's too aggressive. I think he could hit 15 the rest of the way. Okay. Yeah. To, to end with 20. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That'll work. No. No. So no. I, I, I wasn't. I, I was. You're you're saying end with 20. I was saying 20 more. So yeah, that's that. That's fine. I still think that's pretty good though. If you if you can get a guy. Now here's what I want to know. If you think any of this average is real, this batting average, because he's hitting 300, um, 333 BABIP is a career high, but not obscenely. Well, I guess against career, it's pretty high. 288 for career, 333 this year. So yeah, markedly higher. But uh, does he hit? you know, hard enough to, to, to be somebody who can be a better average guy, or is he going to get eaten by the shift and, and start bringing that average down? To me, let's, you know, I'm trying to remember how many at-bats he's had in the past against, uh, against lefties. I think in the past they've tried to, they've tried to hide him in that regard. Mm-hmm. But, uh, if, if you, if you leave him and don't let him and don't let him get the, uh, extra at-bats, then it's, uh, it'll be something they could, it'll help his batting average. But I'm looking at, uh, he you had four, uh, he's had 412 plate appearances. It's that one year, 2013, yeah. where they gave him 155 plate appearances. He didn't embarrass lefty. himself. I mean, a yeah. 701 OPS is not the end of the world, right? But the two four, we're look, you know, if we're looking at bad 241 average, average, yeah, not good. And he hit two, he, but again, he had 227 against righties. So Ouch. it's like, yeah, um, that was overall the career wise, and, and yeah, and he was just but he, had 20, he did hit 20 homers against righties that year. In 2013, so I'm, I've always been a Moreland fan. I had hoped that there was it was going to be too crowded for him in Texas, and the Rays could somehow kind of make a trade for him. I've always wanted him in Tampa Bay. Yeah, he, he's he's appealing. What what would you bid on him then in a in a 12 team mix? Is he 10 is he 10 mixed viable? No. So, t- so getting back to my point earlier, the, if you're not playing every day, I don't the want the platoon. You. Yeah, are they yeah. who are they platooning him with right now though? With blanks out, are, is he getting full time? I, I don't know. Good I don't question. know. Uh, I don't know. I could have sure. swore I saw Adam Rosales playing first base at one point. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Well, he's. Uh, I haven't seen, based on Baseball Reference, he hasn't missed any games. You know, they put yeah, the little parenthesis uh, there if they miss a well, game. Well, he didn't so. play yesterday. Well, there, there, yeah, no, no on thirtieth. But that's just that could just be a day off. That's his first day off since the uh, okay since the injury. So or or um, unplanned day off, unless they obviously Rangers had right. one. So um, Moreland, you know, I I I ranked the other guys higher. I kind of listed these in in with Gong Tucker. Burns, Bohr, Moreland, you know, I kind of rank them there. So a little bit less, but uh, I think you still want to go, you know, upper teens. Uh, if, if you if you if you got the need there again, these are these bids are all with the need there, not so much to get a luxury item. And this isn't a luxury item I'd go for. Gong I would still go for as a luxury item because of the positions that he plays. Burns too because he has that one dominant uh, feature in his game with the speed. And then Tucker because I'm pretty I'm pretty keen on his power and outfield works for me. But then Boer and Moreland, I'm not sure if I'm acquiring them just as luxury items. All right, last guy here, Cam Maven. 
we've been teased and tantalized by him before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the former Uber prospect. Uh, you know, injuries have really taken their toll recently, um, and and, and kind of held him back. He had a big month f- uh, for the for the Braves, and I think he's starting to get the, the attention of folks. You know, after only 15 games in April, more uh, Maben had a 6.83 OPS. He was hitting 175, uh, but this month, 307. 390 and 432 a couple homers five stolen bases uh you know not not a lot of power but but good average and good speed are you gonna are you gonna buy back into cam maven again here i know the playing time is guaranteed it sure is (laughs) and that's that's the best part to be honest but and 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 the fact is there is talent here you know I, i i never found him devoid of talent it's really just a matter of if he can stay upright this could be pretty this could be pretty exciting i think because I think there could be more power than even we saw um, this month with the two homers from Maven. I think he could be kind of a, you know, maybe like a four homer a month kind of guy. Well, maybe not exactly. that much. That would be 24 homers over a season. Maybe he is closer to a to a three per month, uh, mid-teens at best. He's always had power, man. You, I, mean, I, I always think back rake. to – I think back to the home run that he hit in Chase Field. You go find a highlight of that. I mean, it was – I think it's the second longest home run in the entire park history. Uh, you know, the guy's always got the power. And, it, it, you know, you, you like talking about uh, – what do you – when you talk about like, guys with the physiques, I forgot the phrase you use, like uh, right out of the – you've used it a few times. We're talking but about – with it, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm blanking. I'm sorry. With in, in with guys what, what, with guys that have like awesome physiques, you right talk like right, right out, out of the, central casting. You mean? There you go. Thank yeah. you. Right out of central and casting. He is, absolutely. He is right out of right out of central casting. Uh, and yes, I would be aggressive with him because he's going to get the playing time for a team that's in sore need of offense. They're not going to bet. He could still play the defense. Uh, and at the end of the season, this guy he could be a fifteen fifteen guy at the end of the season. Now, at the risk of, of confusing, because I mentioned that I, I was ranking the guys, Maben was the last addition, and he's technically not ranked in, in necessarily how I view him. I don't view him as the worst guy on this list, because um, I actually think he could be more of a power speed guy. So if, if I had the need, then then he'd go under Burns. Uh, so it'd be Gong, Tucker, Burns, Maben there ahead of yeah. uh, Boer and yes. Moreland. And Maben is somebody I would buy as a luxury item. If I had the space, I'm mm-hmm. not cutting somebody, you know, viable i'm just saying you know what i could pick up somebody and there's a lot of good guys out here maybe i'll go with maven and i i think you have to be aggressive um you know because of because of what he could offer maybe maybe the your league mates don't match you and and you you overspend a little bit but just think about the fact that it's what, what you're paying for you're paying to get something that could be really good and i love this guy who has guaranteed there there's no one Who's going to push him? The only thing that can hold Cameron Maven back right now is health. And that's obviously a big piece. That's why he's on the waiver wire in the first place. So, again, bump him up there in the 20s for me in the mixed league. And in the NL only, I think he could go really crazy, but I can't imagine he's available at this point. I, I'm sure he was drafted in every NL only as a, as a full-time starter. Once any the, league, once any league, any league. I think this was the one year that Lenny Mellick didn't draft Cameron Maven because he's had him every year. single year. And I think this is the year I remember him. Somebody brought him up, and I think he excuse he tried to do what I did and excuse himself in the room, like when Matt Joyce, when Matt <laughs> you, Joyce yeah, was, I, I got that's up and move. left. And yes, that's been my move. That was my Ellsbury move. But when Joyce came up this year, I left and went and took a leak, and that basically describes Matt Joyce's season. That's pretty funny. Um, 
this is this guy wasn't on the list. I don't know how available he'll be. I'm asking more for personal. What would you bid on uh, Charlie Morton in a mixed league? Are you, are you involved? Are you involved with what's going on with him right now? With the eight million groundouts looking really impressive right off the wire or right off dude, the uh, DL? That that's ground chuck for you, man. And ground, speaking, no, dude, uh, that's speaking a of ground great chuck, nickname. Oh, I'm, it's not my it's not my uh, unique, but that's what he's called locally, and oh I bring that God. up. I bring that up because I did finish reading Travis Sawchuk's uh, book I'm, on big data this week. I'm in it. I'm a probably I don't know maybe a quarter. I've listened to a good couple of hours, and I know it's I think about a nine hour book. So I'm I'm in it, and I'm loving it. It's so it's good. It's really good. I highly recommend it. And the, he talks about ground chuck and, and the process he went through. But I'm into any ground ball pitcher in Pittsburgh. Period. So, uh, what would you what What do you think of for a mixed league bid? Uh, well, let me hear yours, and then I'll bump it up about five bucks. Um, well, given I, I I need to be I need to hold myself to the fact that strike you know strikeout rate he is well 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 yes. below my strikeout threshold. Definitely. So in a, mix, in a mixed league, I I am going to be conservative on this bid because if I'm gonna I. If, if I'm carrying him, I need to have I need to have other guys that can make up for those strikeouts. I need to have a Francisco Liriano. Yep. I need to have a James Shields. I need to have those guys. If I don't, I don't want this. This is this would have to be a contextual bid because I would need to you know based on your team, you can't just say okay, oh yeah, you know ground ball guy Pittsburgh, yay. But if you're if you're a middle of the pack strikeout team, no. If you're a top three or four strikeout team, make a bid. Otherwise, stay out of it. Okay, that's that's completely fair. Unfortunately, I fall into that other category, but I still have to make a bid because there's no pitch. Ten percent strikeout rate, dude. Ten. I know, I know. It's it's been it's been brutal this year. I'm I'm obviously hoping that he can get back up to his 19 or even his career 16 at this point. You've got to get I mean, you got to get it, higher. All of that's still all of that's low. That's I mean, it's, no, no, no. That's that's, that's still painfully low. Even the 19 percent is is not. I mean, last year, last year was 19. This one before was 17. But this is always going to be a below strikeout average guy. But here he is coming back. This is when he's supposed to be at his freshest, and he's striking out 10 percent of the dudes he's facing. It, it is bizarre. Although, if you're getting that many ground balls, maybe he's just like strikeouts, smikeouts. I don't know why he would say that. All right, uh, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap us up here. I th- hopefully, we helped you guys out with some some potential waiver bids here um, and talking about these guys. We'll be back in a week. Until then, Jason, take care. All right, man. See you. Bye-bye.